Hey, foodpreneurs, welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute, episode number 22. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, where we are building profitable food businesses, one product, one process, one thought at a time. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannensteel. Hello, my fellow foodpreneurs. I am so excited to be coming to you today from scenic Phoenix, Arizona. I think this is my first trip to Phoenix. I'm not 100% sure, but if you're looking for a good uh, flat in downtown district, like near the convention center, I totally have one to recommend. Uh, the people here have been super, super nice, and it's been super great. I gave a talk today, and I'm going to get the audio, and I'm going to be posting it. I was at the Natural Refrigerants Conference. And so these are all the folks that uh, keep all of our food cold. So it was super fun. I presented on the model and strive and how to think about your thoughts and, and ask yourselves questions. It was really super amazing. And everybody loved my talk. I'm looking forward to the feedback. And did you know that one of the best ways to give me feedback is to go and give me a five-star review on the platform uh, of your choice? Those five-star reviews make such a difference in the algorithms. And it helps us reach more and more people with the message that that food production can be wealth creation, that we can create communities. And that's a method message worth sharing, I think. Um, you know, <clears throat> today we're talking about preventive and productive maintenance. And when I write a HACCP or a preventive controls plan, there must be, and there always is, an entry at each step from the process flow diagram in the hazard analysis for physical hazards. So those of you who have written these with me, you know, we do process flow diagramming and then we take each step and we put it into a table and we analyze for physical, chemical, and microbial hazards. And I have a bunch of other podcasts on hazards. Go back and listen to those. You know, and at every step past receiving, I basically write that physical hazards are not reasonably likely to occur if you're writing HACCP or neither known or reasonably foreseeable if you're writing a preventive controls plan because of a preventive maintenance program. And if every single person I wrote these plans for actually executed a preventative maintenance program, I wouldn't need to write this episode. Um, but here's the truth, though. They don't, uh, and they don't for a whole lot of reasons. Really good and compelling reasons, generally, like right in that moment. Well, what moment do you say? The moment they decide not to make a list of what needs preventive maintenance, not to budget for preventive maintenance, and to basically ignore preventive maintenance until it becomes an issue, like issue with a capital I, like a catastrophic kind of issue. Because you know how that goes, right? Your audit is like three weeks away, and that crack you patched after last year's audit has broken open again. You've been watching it for months. You've been saying, I'm going to fix that for like months, and you don't because reasons. <clears throat> and they're all great reasons. You're in production, and the floor doesn't ever dry enough to fix it. You don't have a contractor. You're afraid of how much it costs. And I want 
to stop you right there as you spiral down into the panic that scenario creates because I want you to maybe try another thought. The possibility exists that if you do the work of preventive and productive maintenance, you'll get the following. You'll have a really big result of more uptime, not more downtime. You'll get financial benefits of more uptime because those are pretty obvious, right? You like make more money, period. You More uptime equals more profit. The emotional benefits of more uptime is that you frankly have a more emotional energy to go and do the stuff that drives your business forward because you're not worried about your machinery being down. And frankly, there are physical benefits too. When you have maxed out uptime, you're all going to sleep so much better. And kind of in the larger, more spiritual side, you're going to end up creating the production system that you want and that you need. Because isn't your failure to pay attention to your maintenance plan actually a failure to pay attention to your production schedule? You know if you don't meet your production schedule, you don't meet production. It's like that simple. So what are we going to go do about it? Well, today we're going to fix it. We're going to show up to preventive maintenance by trying on some thoughts and learning about total productive maintenance. What is total productive maintenance? Well, my friends, grab a cup of coffee, sit down and listen, because this concept is going to blow most of y'all's minds. Total productive maintenance is the idea that operators are involved in maintaining their own equipment. TPM, as we call it, places emphasis on proactive maintenance and preventative maintenance, leaving emergencies really for true emergencies. TPM is a holistic approach to equipment maintenance that strives to achieve perfect production. That means no breakdowns, no small stops, slow running, none of that stuff, and no defects. And for us, that means no physical hazards in the food and all the equipment is working correctly to like meet our critical limits and all that sort of stuff. Okay. So no <clears throat> defects in the final product and no defects in the working of the product to begin with. And additionally, total productive maintenance values a safe working environment. So you know that S in strive, that first question is, are people physically safe? Well, total productive maintenance means, it can mean no accidents, but it can also mean all accidents are reported, all unsafe working conditions are reported, which is actually a much better metric than no accidents. So total productive maintenance is based on what we call in manufacturing a 5S base. So I want you to think of, you know, like the triangle that we use in food production where we have training, GMPs, and then your then your HACCP plan at the top of the triangle. Well, this isn't kind of a lot the same, but the base of this particular triangle of total productive maintenance is the 5S system. And many of you who have had me out to your plants have heard me say, let's 5S this place. And I say that simply because 
it works. Many smart people have already done this thinking. Just take their thoughts and apply them to your facility. So what is, what do I mean by that? Like what is 5S? Well, the goal of 5S is to create a work environment that is clean, well-organized, and consists of, well, five elements. All right, and they all begin with S. <laughs> okay, so the first one is sort. All right, and that means we eliminate anything that is not truly needed in the work area. I promise, cross my heart and hope to die, you do not need Allen wrenches in your work area. How many times have I found those wrenches in y'all's facilities? The next one, set in order, which means you're gonna organize the remaining items. The third S is shine, which means you clean and inspect your work area. We do this every day in food. The fourth S is standardize, which means we're going to create standards for performing those above three activities. You know, a lot of times this is part of our cleanup procedures and our sanitation protocols. And then finally, the fifth S is sustain. You've got to ensure that the standards are regularly applied. We also call that in the food world, verifying that you are meeting your sanitation standards, okay? Put 5S into your sanitation SOPs. So it should be reasonably intuitive how 5S creates a foundation for well-running equipment and safe food. For example, in a clean and well-organized work environment, tools and parts are stored away from production. And that also makes them easier to find because nobody's looking in some random drawer in the production room for the Allen wrench. Then emerging issues such as fluid leaks or material spills, metal shavings from unexpected wear, cracks, rust, and other building fabrics, like issues are much, much more obvious because you're not looking at all the crap that, that you've cleaned out. And when you clean that stuff out, it gives you such amazing brain space to actually run the plant better. So the first thing I want you to do is to 5S your space, okay? And we're gonna apply the four steps we apply to everything, all right? The first thing is you're gonna decide what you're gonna commit to, all right? And in this case, I just want you to 5S an area of production, just one area of production. I want you to write down that commitment on the calendar. When are you gonna do it and how long is it gonna take you to do, okay? Commit to that time. Be brave and commit to that time. Then you need to show up to do the work when your calendar says you're gonna do it. Then step number four is do your self-coaching to figure out what happened, all right, on steps one, two, and three. When you did it, or if you didn't do it, do your self-coaching either way. Because one of the gifts of doing self-coaching and doing that model of circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results is to look at the positive things in your life and look at how good it feels when you actually show up to yourself and you let the calendar dictate what you're doing and not your own brain. Make decisions ahead of time, okay? If you're having trouble with that, if you didn't show up, pull out your strive model, okay? I want you to pull out your strive model and ask yourself the questions around strive. Are you physically safe to go do the 5Sing of that area? This may be a very serious question in your facility. Are you financially safe? Do you have the time? Do you have the hours? Does your boss have, have the money to pay for you? 
Are you emotionally safe to go get this uh, 5Sing done? Are, uh, do people make fun of you for trying to get the workplace organized um, because they may have other priorities, all right? Trained. Are you trained in how to 5S? Well, go re-listen to this part of the podcast. And I think that for the vast majority of what you're doing, you're already trained to 5S your workspace, okay? I doubt there's much training that needs to be done. Okay, R in STRIVE stands for respected. Is there the respect for the system and the people within it to do the 5S process? I stands for invested in. Has management made enough of investment that that you can 5S the workspace? Is there room to store the tools away from the production line? Is the room where you're supposed to store the tools, is everybody throwing all their other crap in there? How many machine shops have I been into where it's like the catch-all for everybody's crap? Uh, Okay, that's not what we're going for, all right? So has management invested in ways that you can get this job done, all right? The V in STRIVE stands for valued. Do you value this system? Do you value the time and emotional energy that it's going to give you to get this done? And then the final part of STRIVE is empowered. Are you willing to stand in discomfort and get this done? Are you willing to risk failing 5Sing an area to learn how to do it and then keep going until you actually get it done? Okay, so that's a short strive model on some of the thoughts that might go through your head to get your five to get your five S system in place. Okay, so pick one spot a week until your whole facility is five S. All right, it will greatly, greatly help to do thought downloads and thought models when you do this. That is the work of step four: figuring out what happens. Because here's what's going to happen. You are really, really going to mean to 5S your packing line, for example. And then someone's going to call in sick or a big order is going to come in. And all of a sudden, the week has passed and you have 5S absolutely nothing. Folks, the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. So when you don't show up to 5Sing the broom closet, then do a thought download on it. Just give yourself 10 minutes and a journal and write all that stuff going on in your head, okay? And then I want you to pick one thought and do a thought model on it, okay? When you think that thought, how does that thought make you feel? From that feeling... All right, what were your actions? Well, one of your actions was you did something else instead of 5Sing the workspace. And then the result that you've created is a disorganized workspace. And here's what I want you to try on for size. That thought is totally optional. And if you don't believe me, I'm gonna ask you to be open to the possibility that your thoughts around the broom closet, the production line, whatever you decided to 5S, are all totally optional. So let's take that thought and shake it up a little. Take whatever thought you picked and roll it around in your mind, all right? And I want you to notice what your body feels. Feelings start in our heads and roll down to our bodies. What are you feeling in your body when you think your thought? 
Now, if you didn't actually get your 5S project done, your feelings are probably negative. And they come from a thought that reflects scarcity. And folks, remember, feelings are everything. All of your actions or inactions are because of your feelings. You had a thought about the broom closet, about the production line, 5S process, and that thought created a feeling. That feeling meant that you didn't show up to cleaning the broom closet. And your result is no change, no growth, and a messy broom closet. (laughs) Remember, how we do one thing is how we do everything. You could repeat this process for every room in your house, for every room in your production facility, for your car, for your pocketbook, you name it. And if you want to get really meta, I promise you this process works in all of your relationships too. So really, before you implement total productive maintenance, you need to clean up your mind and clean up your space in that order. Now, once that work is done, we can drive into the eight pillars of total productive maintenance. And no, my friends, I really don't think it's a coincidence that there are also eight ways of lean because all this conversation came out of the whole lean conversation and the work of Dr. Deming. So let's walk through these eight pillars of total productive maintenance and talk about how they relate to food production and food facilities. All right, so the first pillar is autonomous maintenance. So what does that mean? It means that the responsibility for routine maintenance, such as cleaning, lubricating things, inspection, is all in the hands of the operators. So how does this help? Well, it gives your operators greater ownership of their equipment, the equipment that they work in day in and day out. It increases their knowledge of their equipment, and it ensures that the equipment is in good working order by the person who spends all day looking at it. It helps identify emergent issues before they become actual failures. And then it frees your maintenance personnel, your more skilled maintenance personnel for higher level tasks. Okay, pillar number two, planned maintenance. What is planned maintenance? Well, it's scheduled maintenance. It's, It's how we schedule maintenance tasks based on predicted or measured failure rates. Okay, now many food facilities aren't predicting or measuring their failure rates. It's time you start doing that because when you have planned maintenance, it significantly reduces the instance of unplanned stop time. It enables most maintenance to be planned for times when the equipment is not scheduled for production. And this is a great one. It reduces inventory through better control of wear-prone and failure-prone parts. Most of the time when we're talking about inventory around here, we're talking about finished product inventory. But guys, you know you have a ton of inventory around. I mean, go look at your machine shops. All of that stuff that's sitting in drawers and the doodads and all that jazz, how much do you actually use it? All that inventory costs money. The third pillar is quality maintenance. What is quality maintenance? Well, it's where we design error detection and prevention into the actual production process. 
we apply root cause analysis to eliminate recurring sources of quality defects. So, so, what do, so what do we mean by that? Well, we specifically target quality issues with improvement projects focused on removing the root source of defects, okay? So if you're always filling to the wrong weight because the, the fill pack line is never working, well, uh, that's a quality issue and a big deal to the Department of Commerce. And so we fix that so that we fix our quality issue. That reduces our number of defects and it reduces costs by catching defects early. Okay, remember, you can't inspect quality into the system. If we catch defects at the production line, we're not catching them at inspection where they're much more expensive to fix. The fourth pillar is focused improvement. And how do we do this? Well, we have small groups of employees work together proactively to achieve regular incremental improvements in equipment operations. So the people who actually use your equipment get together and talk about how to make it better, all right? And that means recurring problems are identified and resolved by cross-functional teams. And it combines the co collective talent of the company to create an actual engine or mechanism for continuous process improvement. The fifth pillar is early equipment management. This directs practical knowledge and understanding of manufacturing equipment gained through this total productive maintenance process towards improving the design of new equipment. Okay, so new equipment reaches planned performance levels way faster because we have fewer startup issues. Maintenance is simpler and more robust due to the practical review and employee involvement before installation, okay? If you get your employees that are actually using the equipment to help you figure out what you're going to purchase, you're going to do a much, much, much better job, okay? The sixth pillar is training and education. This is where we fill in knowledge gaps necessary to achieve the total productive maintenance goals. This applies to operators, maintenance personnel, managers, and this allows operators to develop skills to routinely maintain equipment and identify emerging problems. The maintenance personnel learn techniques for proactive and preventive maintenance, and managers are also trained on total productive maintenance principles and on employee coaching and development. Because it's, you know, if you're all of a sudden starting to ask your production line personnel to do maintenance on the equipment that, well, the maintenance department has historically done, they may be uncomfortable doing that. You're going to have to train them. So we have a pillar of training and education. The seventh pillar of total productive maintenance is safety, health, and the environment. We have this because it's critical to maintain a safe and healthy working environment. This eliminates potential health and safety risks resulting in a safer workplace, and it specifically targets the goal of a workplace where all accidents are reported, okay? Would we like to have an accident-free workplace? Of course. Accident-free is a terrible metric, all right? We want all accidents reported. We want all issues reported because there's no such thing as an issue-free workplace. And then finally, the eighth pillar is putting total productive maintenance in your administration, all right? That extends total productive maintenance beyond what the plant 
uh, beyond the plant floor by addressing wastes in administrative functions. Raise your hand if you work in production and you could think of waste in administrative functions. TPM helps that. And it supports production through improved administrative operations like order processing, procurement, scheduling, shipping, all that good sort of stuff, right? That really, really helps production. So from floor to your executive suite, I promise my friends, you can do total productive maintenance. You just need to get out of your own way and work with your teams on the floor to do the same. That's what we got for you this week on the podcast. You all have a beautiful week. Hey, foodpreneurs. Have you thought about joining that power group and you're not really sure how to do it as a corporation? Well, I have super news for you. Starting this month, we are actually having corporate subscriptions to the power group where up to five people can join the power group. Y'all get workbooks, you get access to the membership site, access to the calls, emails to me to ask questions uh, so that you can come together and grow as a group. And I'm offering this super amazing value at just like, I mean, 50% off of the regular price. So five people from your corporation can join up with the power group for only $5.97 a month. It's super amazing. I would love to see you there. And if you want to join up, you can go to www.sfbdi.com slash power group and click on that second button on the page that says I'm interested in a corporate subscription and it'll take you right through there. Thanks so much. Have a beautiful day. You've been listening to Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele on the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast. We hope you loved the show. For more information and show notes, please find us at sfbdi.com. Thanks for listening.